This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. And good afternoon at 12.03. I'm Rob Hart. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. It's January 26th. An air tag can help you find lost luggage or other items, but they also have a negative side. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the fourth quarter report on the gross domestic product is out. Let's see what it signals with the help of Diane Swank, chief economist with KPMG based in Chicago. Diane, thanks for joining us today. A lot to like in the fourth quarter gross domestic product report. Uh, there are some signs of trouble in particular sectors, but it did beat economists' expectations. It did beat uh, expectations. The biggest upside surprise was in government spending and an improvement in trade. The government spending increased because some of that infrastructure spending that was allocated in 2021 started to ramp up. That's good news in that it helped to support growth on an upside surprise in the fourth quarter. It's a bit of a um, conundrum for the Federal Reserve because at this point in time, it could be yet another reason that inflation may not cool as rapidly as the Fed would like. We saw consumer spending slow but not collapse, um, but we also saw inventories really drive almost over half of all the gains we saw were because of a rise in inventories. Those inventories need to be drained going forward, and what we're seeing is already manufacturing activity was in the red relative to a year ago in December, and all that that's why you're seeing all the soft sort of indicators on manufacturing and investment going forward are much more cool. So that's why it's sort of a mixed report. The good news in it was good that the consumer held up and was resilient. But in that resilience that we saw, we also saw what the Fed is worried about is that there could be a floor on inflation. And we'll get more data on that tomorrow based on today's data. And it looks like the core services inflation may have actually accelerated in December, even as goods prices were cut. You know, um, a lot of retailers during the holiday season, big ticket items were not selling as well. They started cutting prices. These are things that tend to be financed and that helped to sell those things. But in the services sector where travel, tourism, medical care, that's where inflation is picking up. And that's what the Fed is really worried about, the service sector economy having too much lingering uh, service sector inflation. So this won't stop the Fed from raising rates, certainly at their next meeting or the meeting after that. The housing sector uh, put a great deal of drag on the U.S. economy and uh, dragged down the uh, that annualized GDP number for the fourth quarter. Fixed residential investment is down by quite a bit uh, in response to interest rates. What does that mean? Does that mean the building of homes? Does that mean homeowners uh, financing renovation projects? What falls into that bucket? It's a great question. So what we're really seeing is um, 
single-family home building has declined the most. Multifamily held up pretty well during the year, although there may be an overhang of that now going into next year in the wrong places. But single-family home building slowed quite dramatically. Remodeling activity actually held up as many people who had couldn't take advantage of uh, the environment because of delays in supply chains, high lumber prices, high appliance prices are now moving forward with remodeling projects because of the homes they built and they wanted to renovate and upgrade. A lot of the housing stock has gotten very dilapidated and homes people bought were buying homes during that pandemic bubble in a frenzied way and even buying homes that really needed to be gutted and some of that's going forward. So that really is the downdraft in home sales and in basically home building that we saw during the quarter. Diane Swank, Chief Economist, KPMG, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, tracking the pros and cons of tracking devices. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. More people are using air tags in the effort to track their luggage or other items. However, there can be a downside to such tracking devices. Let's learn more from Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Tech com based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. About a month ago, uh, TV stations, networks uh, were getting a lot of mileage out of shooting video of the mountain of luggage that was uh, constantly growing at Midway Airport uh, because of the Southwest Airlines service meltdown. And chances are a lot of travelers had air tags inside those bags to find out where they were and to see if they're actually uh, on their way to their destination or to their proper uh, storage place. And uh, that is one of the good uses of air tags, but some are less wholesome. Yeah, that's exactly right. I will never travel again, never, ever, ever, for as long as I live without an Apple air tag uh, in my luggage. It has saved me numerous times and every frequent flyer I know says the exact same thing. But these tracker devices, both from Apple and tile trackers, they have been used to stalk people. There have been lawsuits. There are people who claim murders have happened as a result of these being used, you know, put on uh, underneath uh, the underside of people's cars, painted colors so you can't see them. As a result, Apple's done a lot to step up security, to let you know when you're being tracked, but a lot of people still don't know how to use this. And 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 on the on the the, the nefarious use side, it's merely an evolution of of something that we have uh encountered over the course of time and that is you know it used to be like every month or so you would see a story about someone who was stalking somebody else by mm-hmm. putting a GPS device on their car and this just makes tracking that much more commonplace and that much easier so what are what are some things that Apple is doing to make sure that uh, you're using your Apple air tags uh, for the right reasons and not for reasons that may be against the law well the minute your smartphone picks up that it has an air tag that's tracking you, it will send you a notification. And, and I say the minute, but actually it can take up to 24 hours to get that notification. It will also play a, a sound on your smartphone if you don't respond to whether that's your air tag that's moving along with you or not. And then if you click on that notification that Apple sends you, um, you can go through and disable AirTags. 
really easily. They made it very, very easy. Uh, a couple of years ago, you had to actually find that AirTag, track it down, and take the battery out. You don't have to do that anymore. You just have to take the steps to uh, disable that and not allow it to track you. If you have an Android device, you have to go through the extra step to download the Tracker Detect app, and then you have to check that if you think that you're being tracked, but you can disable uh, an AirTag from an Android device as well. Now, now that we've run through the nefarious uses of Apple AirTags, let's talk about some of the beneficial uses above and beyond uh, luggage tracking and retrieval. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've used the Find My iPhone feature to actually find my <laughs> iPhone as a you know to to avoid a a, a mistake that's worth uh, several hundred dollars. And some people are actually using the AirTags to keep track of their kids. Yeah, kids, dogs. Uh, I, I tested them early in the early days after they came out on my dog. They're fantastic for those things. And yeah, kids, teenagers, um, it, the same goes for the tile trackers. They, they uh, partnered up with Life360. Great way to just know, hey, your kids are going from you know, school to home. Wait, why are they stopping at the you know, convenience store? How much candy are they buying? Things like that. They, there are wonderful, myriad number of wonderful ways to use these. I can't tell you how many times a day I lose my iPhone. Half the time it's in my own hand. And if, and if I can push that button and get that alarm, I can just you know, follow the sound until I find it under the couch cushion or in my hand. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, coming up next, an update on the space that used to house the iconic Tavern on Rush. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. We now know what's next for the Gold Coast building that used to house the legendary Tavern on Rush for 25 years. Let's get the details from Ali Maradi, restaurants and retail reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Ali, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this It's going to be kind of a wild card selection, Ali. Uh, the, the Tavern on Rush replacement will not be a steakhouse. That's right. Yeah, it's going to uh, throw a little bit of a wrench in the motif of that corner there in the Gold Coast that surrounds Mariano Park. Um, this is going to be contemporary American cuisine, and it's called the Bellevue, named for the cross street at which it sits on Rush Street there. So you've had the Tavern on Rush for 20 years, and now the cross street will be honored for uh, hopefully uh, many decades to come. Exactly, yes. And this restaurant is coming from the landlords of the building who have owned it since 2005. So they, um, you know, had to do a bunch of renovations. They told me that, you know, if we're going to invest all this money and rehab and renovate it, let's do it ourselves. So they don't have the menu set yet. They haven't said who some of the chefs are um, behind the menu, but that info will be coming soon, they tell me. And Tavern on Rush uh, closed down a couple of months ago because uh, the owner of that particular establishment, uh, Phil Stefani, you know, his name is on all sorts of establishments uh, in Chicago or was, and he decided he was going to hang it up. And uh, they're going to go into this themselves. And I know that uh, owning a restaurant, operating a restaurant is an intense job. It is an 18-hour-a-day gig, but uh, there is a detail in your story in Cranes that, I, that really jumped out at me, which was uh, they had to go because they had to do a tasting as they're putting the menu together. So doing the <laughs> yeah. tasting and assembling the menu for the Bellevue seems like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, uh, Fred Barbara is the one who said that. He's one of the landlords, and he told me he had gained five pounds since he started this project. And I said, you know, I don't feel that bad for you. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a story in and of itself where you have to, If it's almost like a, you could make a TV show out of it where they're auditioning chefs and, and possibly sommeliers and assembling the menu, assembling the wine selection, assembling the booze, because in that part of Chicago, uh, expensive, expensive tastes, expensive diners, everything has to be just right. Totally. And, it's, you know, I'm sure it's a lot of trial and error to figuring it out. But to your previous point, it's not all sunshine, right? Like restaurants are super, super risky. The margins are really slim. So um, even if you do survive, which there's a pretty crazy low survival rate, uh, you know, you're not necessarily making a ton of money, especially now with inflation, the cost of labor and food keeps rising. Um, so I guess you got to enjoy the fun parts while you can. And then when you're operating a Gold Coast establishment, you know, what is the state of play? Are you are you trying to uh, break diners of their habits? You know, they have their places, they have their corners, they have their tables at, at restaurants. And they've been going to the same place for a very long time. Are you trying to switch brand loyalty or are you trying to bring new people in? Yeah, that's a great point. It's, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, for these two landlords, you know, one of them does live in the neighborhood, has lived there for a while, raised his daughter there. So he's very interested in targeting the local audience that lives there in the Gold Coast, but, you know, recognizes that Chicago is a place that brings a lot of convention goers to town and tourists. So it's going after all of those folks. With the menu at this restaurant, they said they specifically want to be a place where, you know, if you're local, you can come a few times a week. But also, if you want to get dressed up on a Saturday night, you know, you can come there as well. So with this restaurant they've got, and this was similar at Tavern on Rush, the bottom floor is going to be kind of the bar lounge area, um, menu a little bit more focused on appetizers, finger foods. And then if you go upstairs, that's kind of where you go to have your sit down entree meal. Um, so that's sort of what they're thinking. Ali Maradi, restaurants and retail reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, a look at the future of lab-grown meat. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The FBI says it's dismantled the network of a prolific ransomware gang. Governor Pritzker makes endorsements in the Chicago municipal election, but not for the mayor's race. In Technology Thursday, meat grown in a laboratory could be coming to restaurants. And a tax subsidy plan has emerged for a potential Bears stadium in Arlington Heights. WBBM business markets are higher. The Dow is up 73 points. The NASDAQ is up 108. The S&P 500 is up 21 points. AccuWeather says for today, cloudy skies, uh, off and on light snow until the evening, up to an inch of new accumulation. Wind chills in the teens, though. We have 28 degrees right now under cloudy skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, the FBI says it's broken up the network of a prolific ransomware gang that had infiltrated last year. Investigators say the targeted syndicate known as Hive operates one of the world's top five ransomware networks. This is Attorney General Merrick Garland. First, they infiltrated a victim system and stole sensitive data. Next, the affiliates deployed malicious software, encrypting the victim system, rendering it unusable. And finally, they demanded a ransom payment in exchange for a system decryption key and a promise not to publish any stolen data. The Justice Department says it has saved victims, including hospitals and school districts, a potential $130 million in ransomware payments. Governor Pritzker is announcing his endorsements for several Chicago City Council contests. However, he's not weighing in on the race for mayor. He tells CBS News senior political correspondent Ed O'Keefe. We have a lot of things we need to accomplish uh, in the city of Chicago. Uh, The state is certainly trying to be helpful. What's most important to me is that whoever the mayor is, uh, whether it's Lori Lightfoot or any of the other candidates, uh, that there's somebody who was willing to work with the governor of the state. Today marks the start of early voting for the municipal election. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, the website GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us again today. In an earlier conversation at 10.20, you mentioned that the markets are smarter than the rest of us and that uh, uh, the markets clearly see things in in, in one particular way and that's uh, the wisdom of crowds and that's that's uh, and the markets are, are seem to be a lot more optimistic about the economy than a lot of other analysts and what a lot of other reports are reading does, does that seem to be the case today yeah and, and look for the last few months all we've been hearing about was big recession coming a uh, big nasty recession coming uh, all heck's gonna break loose inflation's gonna skyrocket the, the whole works while Caterpillar, which to me is like the proxy for the economy, is at new all-time highs. They were saying that Europe's in trouble and inflation and gas and this and that, and the London FTSE is at all-time highs. 
And all I'm saying, all I'm saying is I've watched the market for many years. I've studied history and you just don't have big recessions if the market is doing things like that. Now, if the market changes is another story, but I, I, I just knew we weren't headed for the big trouble yet. Uh, and you can see we came out almost with a 3% number. And there's warts out there, I can promise you. There are issues as we go forward. I think I mentioned earlier about savings rates plunging and uh, credit card usage skyrocketing. Uh, so down the road, there are worries. But right now, this second, uh, the market's speaking uh, a, a different tune. Well, there's the Caterpillar Index as one uh, snapshot of the economy, but smartphone shipments have dropped in a big way. Uh, what does that say about the economy? Is this simply a factor of you know in- inflation is pinching consumers, so they're not going to upgrade to that iPhone, or is it just simply a sign of, of this is where most cell phone consumers are in their billing cycle and they just don't need one yet? Well, it's not just smartphones, it's laptops, it's PCs. I believe a lot of it was the cannibalization during COVID where everybody bought one. Do I need another one? Also, I think it we're at the point where they've had so many, the next one and the next one, unless they come out with a smartphone that if you touch your bald head, it grows hair again. I'm not so sure there's anything on the horizon where, oh, I've got an upgrade. I think that's part of the equation. So I'm not so sure that's an economic thing to watch. But uh, as always, we watch everything you know, across the board. Uh, Not just that, we watch the auto industry, of course, housing uh, to to be watched closely. The good news there, yields have come down from uh, 4.3 down to 3.4 and change, which is definite help. So there are at least some good things there. But again, farther out, longer term, we're going to have to deal with debt, deficits, a government that wants to grow infinitum, which every dime comes out of the economy. So there's some things, there's headwinds going forward. I'm just saying for this second, the market's uh, speaking a different tune, and so far so good the beginning of the year. And then very quickly, uh, let's talk about uh, Elon Musk, uh, and, and thankfully it's not about Twitter. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He has another business, it's called Tesla, they make electric cars, and uh, Tesla share is up 11% today uh, based on optimistic forward-looking guidance from Elon Musk, and that uh, despite all the drama surrounding Twitter and that may damage the Tesla brand, uh, this is another case in which Twitter may not be real life. Yeah, let me give you some bad news and good news. The bad news is the stock is down from over 400 bucks. And even with this rally today is $157. So it's still way down. And the reason is, is because there is a big slowdown in their growth rate uh, because of how big they got. But also, I think there's something called competition where everybody's coming out with electric vehicles. And and that's something to watch closely, but definitely a good day. And revenues were still up 37% year over year, which is pretty darn good. But as I said, down from 81% four quarters ago, that's something to watch. But the stock's acting well here, much better. And it's one of these proxies for the market. Uh, it was, I believe, the number one high beta growth name to watch during the last bull market. We'll see if, that, if that's the case again. Uh, all I can tell you right now, much better reaction to an earnings report that was really weighted on. 
Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management, based in Orlando, Florida. Check him out online at GaryK.com. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, would you eat meat that's been grown in a lab? Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Technology Thursday. Scientists have been working for years to develop lab-grown meat. Now it appears to be moving closer to the dinner table. We're joined by Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economic futurist at andrewbush.com. Andy, thanks for joining us today. Lab-grown meat, uh, just give us the basics. How does this differ from, let's say, a Beyond Burger or a Morningstar chicken patty? Yes, so Beyond Burger, um, vegetarians can eat that. This meat, they can't because it's meat. Um, Basically, they're taking cells and reproducing them in a lab in vats to actually create sirloin or fillets. That's really the distinction here. So um, very different products with, with um, kind of similar desires to replace the way that we produce meat today. And how far along are they? Have they actually created a, uh, a, a lab-grown steak, or are they merely in the sinew phase? No, no, this is coming out. This is going to hit a restaurant near you. Like, this is coming out. um, There are companies that are in California that are producing this already. Um, There's a company called uh, Mosa Meat, Believer Meat, Good Meat. These are companies that are all filing for FDA approval um, to allow them to produce in much larger amounts. So they'll be testing this through some of the higher-end restaurants with some of the top chefs, uh, in the country. So they're very far ahead on this. It's a question of scale. And, and can they get approval to really scale this up? And of course, it depends on the consumer you know, taste, if they really to buy into this. My question is, would you eat lab-grown meat? I mean, I, I don't want to seem closed-minded here. I have I have bounced this question off various co-workers today, and the answer was a universal no. Uh, if you do enjoy a good steak right out of the broiler, a thousand degrees, uh, I mean, my mouth is watering just talking about it right now. But at, at the same time, if they manage to come up with a product that simulates the taste, the texture, um the smell and just just gives you everything you want. It just comes from a different source. Then what's the difference? I guess this is a case where the market decides. But this could potentially be revolutionary when it comes to how when it comes to just revolutionizing agriculture. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like if we're trying to solve, for instance, getting rid of methane gas. Now, overall livestock production accounts for about fifteen percent of greenhouse gas emissions, you know, if you're looking to eliminate that, then this is definitely a solution. And where the rubber meets the road on this is, of course, the cost of it. I'm sure right now it's above where normal meat is, where you get it from a cow or a steer or whatever. If that price falls below where cost of meat is or is an alternative at a lower price point, then you've got a viable product that can compete with uh, ranchers who are creating uh, that you know, steak for your dinner. So that's where I think things get interesting. To some extent, we're already seeing it in Impossible Meats and, and the burgers that are out there already uh, that are in, uh, say, like, I, forget, I think it's Wendy's or other uh, fast food places. 
they're already at that price point. So it's a question of how fast can this group of scientists get there when it comes to this new meat. And it could also potentially smooth out issues when you have supply chain disruptions. I mean, we're seeing this in the cost of eggs and the cost of uh, poultry products. The bird flu has decimated uh, poultry populations. uh, Poultry populations. So this this, is a great. So it's it's, a great point. Go ahead. Well, as I say, so when when you do have situations where maybe um, uh, the the amount of of beef cattle or black Angus is 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 down, there's some sort of animal sickness going around. Uh, all of a sudden, you can use the artificial meat to smooth out these spikes in prices. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You can also because of climate change, we're going to have much volatility. We'll have a lot more volatility in the weather. And so, what happens if say the price of hay goes up significantly, that makes the price of beef go up significantly. This could be a viable alternative to that. So it could solve two you know, big problems. One is, um, can you reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Can you take away um, the use of cattle on land? Can you take away all the things that a lot of people don't like when it comes to cattle? Um, or And can you solve the problem of uh, supply, right? So, you know, and really, as you said, smooth that out, which I think is an excellent point. And in the meantime, though, Andy, I think I'm going to wait for the uh, the researchers to really uh, work out the bugs, literally and, uh, uh, and, and metaphorically in this process. And until then, until they perfect it, I'm going to keep watching uh, brisket videos on Instagram. Just remember, five years ago, we were talking about things like chat GPT, and everybody thought, oh, it'll be years, decades before that happens. It's here now. And so what I would say is, I agree with you. I let people work out whatever they're going to work out. But I'm telling you, this is coming, and it's going to come faster than you think. So it's exciting. Keep an eye out for it. Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economic futurist at andrewbush.com based in Chicago as we talk about the future of lab-grown meat. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The draft of a bill that's come to light in Springfield would provide the Bears millions of dollars in subsidies for their proposed stadium complex in Arlington Heights. Let's talk about it with Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thank Thanks for joining us today. It's called PILOT, or P-I-L-T, which means payment in lieu of taxes. How does that work, and how does that differ from a TIF district? It's similar to a TIF district, but with a couple interesting twists. Uh, Normally, when you establish a TIF district, um, the the property tax is frozen at the the current level, and any increase in value through the years after a a project is developed, goes not to schools and everybody else, but goes to the municipality, which in most cases sends most of it and sometimes all of it to the developers a subsidy. In this case, the fee wouldn't be, the level wouldn't be set automatically. It would be negotiated, uh, presumably at a lesser rate than a TIF would, uh, would accomplish. Uh, and beyond that, instead of just all going to the municipality, the money would be distributed amongst all the local property taxing loving agencies, including the schools. So it's kind of an intermediary, you call it TIF light if you would, but it's still 
means lots of money for a developer. Now, there's a push. There's been a, a bunch of uh, a number of lawmakers have said, you know, not a cent in subsidy for the Bears if they do decide to uh, to 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 build this stadium on the Arlington Park property. Does that if now if the if the PILT bill passes and that's the funding mechanism here, can they still say we didn't vote for a subsidy because it wasn't a, a cash payment or a new taxing district? Well, uh, politicians are pretty good at uh, at discussing their positions and flip flopping, but uh, you you all present a good question. Uh, you present a good question. Um, that's why uh, the, the, the advocates of this bill are are saying it that that this while it would help the bears, of course, that it's a wider bill. It's designed to help economic development all over the state and lots of projects, uh, uh, maybe electric vehicle stuff or maybe solar energy. That there's lots of worthy projects if you need this kind of money, and this isn't just a bears bailout. I'll leave it up to voters to decide whether they want to buy that or not. Now, Greg, I'm a White Sox fan, and of course I can quote chapter and verse the uh, mythic negotiations and Jim Thompson nose-counting and arm-twisting that took place on the floor of the General Assembly on June 30th, 1988. Stop the clock. I remember the the session. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Michael Madigan uh, not gaveling the session out at midnight, letting it run a couple of more minutes until they could actually pass that bill. And uh, that was just kind of a, a mythic piece of legislation um, will we see the stakes get that high uh, in Springfield? Uh, is this something that is uh, destined to pass? And if it does, uh, will it create kind of the bad feelings that this, the White Sox Stadium bill did 35 years ago? Uh, any or all that is possible. Uh, the one difference here is that the Bears aren't threatening to move to Milwaukee or Wichita or Kansas City or whatever, so they don't have quite as much leverage. Uh, but they argue that, hey, out of our existing home, it's just limited. We can't maximize it. We can't bring home a winner in a Super Bowl in Chicago unless we unless we can uh, get a better place that will give us more revenue. That has a certain cachet to it as well. You know, the fact of the matter is that uh, is that uh, big sports owners all over the country almost always stick out their hand and say, oh, this is good pony up. And usually, you know, there's a lot of opposition. They, get, they usually end up getting what they want because uh, we're all kind of addicted to the sports involved. Um, you know, uh, are people willing to let the, the Bears go or are they willing to let them be a, a losing team? That's the other side of the, equa- of the equation. And the Bears are counting on how the answer to that is going to come out. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of the show, you can go to our stream. Just skip back to the time you want. There's also a pause and rewind function. It works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 